I didn't think of the fact that I actually needed to read after throwing all those Skittles in my mouth. This isn't going to work too good. Are you, is this just a weird culture in our city right now? I do love it. And it makes me just totally think this is what revival would look like if everybody was this expectant about Jesus. Could you imagine that? Going into a Sunday and everybody's just like, ah. You're like, oh, that's silly. If you read about revival around the world, when Jesus is truly like just the dominant factor in a city, it feels like this. And uh, I've never been in a city where that happens, but I can only imagine. And I think it'd be pretty fun to be a part of. So it's a worthy prayer. Luke 1, 26. Can you believe that in our Luke series, we land just, you know, walking verse by verse through Luke on the passage that actually makes sense for Super Bowl Sunday? It's kind of weird but, uh, and unbelievable, but it does. Luke 1, 26 through 38 says this, if I could read with all the sugar in my mouth. Here we go. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child, give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, before you start tweeting like hashtag Seahawks at Open Life Church, highly favored, the kingdom will reign forever, never end. Yeah, that's not, we're not just preaching Seahawks today. Uh, Not exactly where we're landing, but uh, they didn't, the angel didn't say you will give him the name Russell Wilson, you know, none of that. It was, uh, this is, this is about Jesus today, and uh, but there is a very cool parallel and a, an amazing landing with this passage right there in verse 37. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And what really challenged me when I was studying this this week, God can see beyond what you are to what you can be. 
The angel says, you know, you're highly favored, right? And, and Mary's response is, but I am. But the angel was like, but you can be. Well, then be to me, right? Interesting. That's surrender, right? That's willingness. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for you to do, be, or accomplish. Allow Him to set your mind on course with His course for your life. I love that. You can grab so much out of this. We need to break free and lead others to break free from something that I believe could paralyze this generation. Driving me nuts, actually. That, that phrase that says, you can't change. Now, I love, I actually do love Macklemore's music, but the song drives me nuts. I can't change even if I wanted to. That's a lie. And if, if we teach a generation to believe that, if we t- whatever they're talking about, we know what that song's talking about, but whatever context, that's a bad philosophy to teach people they can't change. You and I both know you can change. And when we serve a God that says nothing is impossible, and an angel comes to Mary, and she, she's a virgin. She can't have a baby. She can't. But with the Holy Spirit and the power of God, there nothing is impossible. We've got to live expectant of that. We've got to believe that and not just surrender to, well, you know, I was born deaf, so I can never play football. Really? Have you watched TV? Have you seen the commercials with Coleman? The kids are watching Derek Coleman's story this morning. They're talking about David and Goliath, you know, and, and, and here's a kid that was picked on because he was deaf as a kid and becomes a professional football player, the first legally deaf football player in the NFL. Is that possible? No, that's impossible. But he did it. Isn't that interesting? Nothing is impossible, especially with God. Um, man, don't let what you are prohi- don't let what prohibits you be your identity. Trust God, trust God, because nothing is impossible. Mary was like, "How since I'm a virgin, nothing's impossible with God. You can live beyond yourself." Mary wanted to know how. But in the end, she does muster up the why not spirit of a servant of God that allows her to live beyond herself. Uh, it makes me think, you know, you might have walked through the doors this morning, a Denver Broncos fan, but if, if you could just see what's possible, you know, through the Spirit today, it's the Holy Spirit today, then you'll leave a Hawk fan We'll denounce the spirit of Bronco that's within you. And uh, have a little fun, but no, seriously. Uh, on the largest stage in the United States of America, by far, uh, the Super Bowl's happening today, if you didn't know that. And, uh, and, and so we've seen uh, a video that was recorded by... Uh, Mars Hill Church that's in downtown Seattle and other cities 
uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll, sat down with four of the Seahawks players and one of the coaches and interviewed them about how their faith plays a role in their life. And amazingly enough, it really, really goes with uh, this passage we're looking at today. So uh, I want you to check out this interview, and then we'll reflect on it here in a few moments. I love that they took the time to, to lay that out and, and, and sit there and, and just say, hey, what can you do if you uh, allow God to just, you know, take the gifts you have and the platform you have and, and bring glory to himself? And I think in every one of their lives, you could definitely see pointed out how the impossible became possible, Right? They weren't supposed to be the guy to be a quarterback in the NFL being that short. They weren't supposed to be the guy to play and make it to college with scholarship when he grows up in a fatherless home in an area where most people are are dead or on drugs or in jail. You know, they're not supposed to. But that's what God does. He confounds the wisdom of man, and He does that with Mary and allowing her to be the mother of Jesus and, and get pregnant as a virgin. And then He does that with so many stories throughout Scripture, and He does that with you and me and where we're at. If we could just be the best at what we do, then God gives us the platform to bring glory to Him. It, it's not that we have to be a preacher or have to be a worship or, or, or have to be an evangelist. We could be the best teacher. We could be the best neighbor. We could be the best mom. We could be the best dad. We could be the best brother or sister. And if we just do that and help others around us be the best that they can be, if we empower them to be them, then we have a door to speak into their life for Jesus. I love what Russell Okung brought out there and, and just looking at the, the role men played in his life and how he speaks to that. They're still connected, and, and, and they're still blowing up each other's phones. And I think that's important for you and me to grasp. I think it's important for the whole church to grasp because, honestly, if you could th- say there's one thing we really suck at, it's being genuine in relationship. Um, oftentimes, the church looks at relationships as something that is kind of a tag-along thing we do for a season to say we did it. I mean, if we're, if we're giving an honest evaluation of the church, not just saying open life, but the church, it's like, you know, where's the genuineness of a relationship? Does it last longer than we're going to the same church together? Do relationships still exist? Or are they superficial? Or are they to accomplish an end? You know, and I think we need to have those kind of relationships that never end. You know, they're not just a session long because there's like a group session or something, but like we really just have relationships. We love to watch games together. We love to hang out together, go out to eat together, do life together. That's God's goal is that we would be in community, that we would be connected and serving one another and sharing life with one another. And um, you're going to hear a lot about that in the coming year. Because we really believe that we have to have a relationship with one another, or else we're at risk of the enemy just coming in and sweeping us away. And uh, relationship is so key to God, and I love how he brought that out. Uh, and they helped him keep his priorities. They helped him to be really a change agent in his culture. How about Marigos, Chris Marigos? I think it's interesting when you see some of these guys, like Chris Marigos. I don't necessarily see his name a lot, right? But ever since I watched 
these original videos, I was like, I see them all over the place now. The guy's a character on the team. He's running around with a GoPro. ESPN did this thing with him this week. So it's, it's kind of funny, but he's a PK, you know, and he's got a brother that's a pastor. Um, and looking at the reality of being 15 years old, when he was idolizing sports and himself, really, right? And then he realized he wasn't the best, the only one who could play. And, uh, and God got a hold of him in that season of his youth. I just think that speaks to the vitalness of God getting hold of us and God using us to get a hold of students in their youth. Today's the deadline for the early registration for the winter blowout. Our camp speaker shot a video from Times Square this morning, and, and I reposted it on my Facebook, uh, Ron Rhodes. He'll be here speaking with us on the 16th of February uh, as well, but he's going to speak Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night there at camp. And, uh, and it was, it, it, I just look at the importance of getting kids. I've seen so many turning points and watermark moments in the lives of students at camps in that year, you know, 14, 15 that, that, that moment where they're realizing, okay, there's, there's a lot to life, and I need to figure out what this means for me. And we just need to be about young people and, this, and be about putting the right message in their minds, not allowing culture to put wrong messages that would be philosophies if they live by, they're going to regret. And so uh, I just love to push Jesus into their world and allow them to make a choice to follow Him. Um, so Jesus was Maragos' only source of fulfillment, uh, and, and I just really enjoy hearing him say that and, and really identify on the fact that as much as his brother has a platform as a preacher, he has that platform as an athlete. And, and that's like why he's doing what he's doing. Like that's his pulpit. And that's awesome. And each of you have a platform in whatever you do, and we need to be the best at it so that we bring glory to God through what we do. I just really like that. Gresham is kind of a funny guy, isn't he? He makes you laugh. And uh, the long snapper. And uh, I love how the turning point for him was something totally different. Did you catch that? Intense discipleship. Like, it was almost manufactured. I remember doing this I mean, with kids. In, in, in youth ministry, and you give them this little checkoff sheet, and they had to accomplish these things every week. They had to pray every day. They had to go to church. They had to help set up youth. They had to, you know, just all these different things, this intense discipleship. And I remember, well, honestly, those guys are in ministry today, a lot of them. And you're just going, but that was pretty hardcore, but it's what took, it's what it took for him, intense discipleship. Maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe Maybe you need to, to step up and just, like, make yourself go through the motions to get it. Some of us need that. And uh, it made him give everything up ultimately, which, which helped him become a better follower of Jesus. Coach Rocky uh, uh, just loves to, to see that opportunity in his gifts, and, and he looks for that opportunity to share the gospel and share it clearly. And you and I have the same opportunities. We need to be eyes open. Look for that why not moment where we just have 20 seconds of insane courage. And not just, you know, God may give us the opportunity to share the gospel, not just share about our church. Sharing about our church sometimes can be an easy out and a mistake in that venue, and really we should have just shared that God loves them. We've got to be good at both, make the most of every opportunity. And Russell Wilson, 
gave his life to the Lord at 14, playing for an audience of one. And that needs to be our motivation. Just realizing that, that what we do, we need to do to glorify God. And uh, cool to think, you know, this panel's not the, they were not supposed to be the best of the best. Take their stats, take who they were. They're not supposed to be the best of the best, but they are faithful. And God has blessed them. <coughs> Russell Akun saying, I'm not supposed to be here. Most guys were in jail or, or dead. And, and looking at, man, what if Russell Akun would have said, well, I'm a fatherless kid living in a bad area of town. This is who I am. I can't change, even if I wanted to. No way. Not a chance. And God gets a hold of his very large body and gives him the strength to just be an animal for Jesus on a football team. I love it. And uh, that phrase that I jotted down that really I wanted to resonate with us is, if you woke up tomorrow with Jesus, things would be better. You know, they're like, you know, Jesus is better than the Super Bowl. I'm sure he had to have gotten in trouble for saying that, right? And, uh, but just like he means it, obviously. And Jesus is better than the highest platform or pinnacle you can achieve in sports because you wake up the next day, and if you don't have Jesus, it's empty. It, and that's what people discover, right? They achieve all the riches in this world, and things come crashing down. The next thing you know, they've egged somebody's house and caused tens of thousands of dollars of damage, and they're in jail for driving a Jag real fast in Florida. I'm not talking about anybody specific, but, you know, it happens, and the pressure of this world comes against you, and yet you still need Jesus the next day, and you still need people who are going to blow up your phone encouraging you, not judging you and throwing stones at you and trying to get you to port it. So, still not speaking about anybody specific, but uh, uh, I love what, what God is up to. And he's up to it in this story, too. Back to, our, back to our passage. I'm glad they put that video out so we could highlight that today. But back to, to the root of this passage. And Mary posed the question, how, to Gabriel. And I just, man, I imagine Gabriel just going, <sighs> kind of like the AT&T commercial guy. You know, and the kid's like, what would you have in a cool pool? Or, you know, do you like a bigger pool or a smaller pool? Well, bigger. Well, what would be in the pool? Would it have this, this, this? And he's like, well, well, well why wouldn't it? You know, and I, I love those AT&T commercials, but I, I kind of picture Gabriel in the same, well, the Holy Spirit and the power of God, of course, right? It's like, uh, how could I get pregnant? Well, the Holy Spirit. Like, nothing's impossible with God. It's just like, don't you know, don't you get this? Nothing's impossible with God. Anything is possible. The Holy Spirit, of course. It's not about you. It's about Him. If it's about you, then it's not the right message. It's about Him. So how will I get that raise? Well, the Holy Spirit, the power of God. We need to trust God. Nothing's impossible. He can get you that new job. Well, how can I be a better parent? Well, the Holy Spirit, of course. The power of God. How can I get... That healing. Well, the Holy Spirit, of course. It's the power of God. Nothing's impossible with Him. How can I forgive myself? The Holy Spirit, of course. It's the power of God. Right? Do I need to keep going here? Right? You just look at this. How, how do I get that favor and anointing that I sense? The Holy Spirit. We need to seek God, spend time in His Word, and with each other being encouraged to go after Him. 
Will you be the Lord's servant or serve yourself? There's supposed to be an effect on our life when the Holy Spirit is active in our life. Who is this life about for you? I hope it's for God. So Mary gets to that moment where she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me. Because there's one thing to ask and there's one thing to hear from God, but when you finally do hear from God, and maybe it's not exactly what you expected, are you ready to say, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me. It's not who I thought I was, but may it be to me as you will have it. Lead me, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, because I believe that nothing is impossible with God. I hope that you see how you can surrender your life where you're at, the same as those players surrendered their life where they're at, and Mary surrendered her life where she was at, and where it could take you if you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and the power of God for your life. On the back of your connection card, there's potential responses, and I want to call your attention to that as we're going to have the worship team sing a song of reflection, and I just want to challenge you. You know, that passage, Luke 137, is something worthy of memorization, and you need to believe that for with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. You need to be able to face an impossible situation with that verse memorized and in your spirit. When you get injured, when somebody breaks up with you, when divorce hits, when cancer comes, when nothing is impossible. You've got to stare that sucker down and defeat it with the power of God. When that opportunity to serve comes and it's stretched for you, it's just out of your comfort zone, and you want to rest on your own personality and the things that you are, but then you remember, God can fill me with strength and help me get past my own comfort zone and do this for His glory. Maybe it's time we live beyond who we are, right? So whatever box you need to check, maybe you need to check the box, okay, I want more information on this mission trip to Indonesia because it's a stretch for me, but Maybe this is what God's itching to get me out of my comfort zone and do. Maybe you know a student who's been going, I'm not going to that winter blowout. But you're like, oh, yes, you are. Because God's going to get a hold of your life there, same as he did these others in their youth. And it's time. It's time. God, I thank you for the opportunity you give us to come and to learn from you, learn from other followers of Jesus on quite a stage today. But I look at the stage Mary was on. I look at her, her age. She was a teen as well when you got a hold of her, when you called her out to be something that she wasn't. She saw what she was, a virgin, and that what was being asked of her was impossible, but you made what was impossible possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you do the same today. I just pray that you would fill us with your presence, your spirit, your power. So that in what we do, and what we do really, really well, you would be glorified in. Yet stretch us to be your servant 
to ask of you, to hear from you, and to follow your lead. Help us to follow you with everything we are. In Jesus' name, amen.